Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the MTG Conflicts cast. My name is Steven and I'm joined by my co-hosts John hey. and Chris. Hey. And today's episode we'll be talking about the SCG events from this past weekend. But let's kick things off with our weekly roundup where we tell you what decks we piloted and what decks we played against. Chris, let's start with you. Um, so I played Amulet at FNM. Uh, I This week or last week? Um, isn't it this past? We missed a week. Oh, that's right. I think I played Amulet that week too. No, I, I actually didn't. I played Swans that week, and uh, oh. I was sad. <laughs> I was very sad. Because everybody killed your blood moons and you didn't scred enough people? No, uh, I got I got hollow wound and it felt really bad. Solid. So, I I feel like I salt about this hollow wound deck every single week. Well, it's because there's like three people at our store who play it. <laughs> but that's just because I just lose to the deck every week. And I lose to the deck in the same way every week. They cast a burning injury and my hand becomes garbage and then they win the game. Huh. And it's like... Huh. But it shouldn't always happen. Yeah, but but it does. <laughs> but it but does. it does. Like I never had a stubborn denial on turn one for their inquiry, and they always had a hollow one off their inquiry. Like I uh, I don't know. I uh I lost a game because I was on the draw, not the play. So I didn't have a fourth snow land in play to scred the hollow one, which was attacking me for lethal damage. That was cool. That's pretty much the was what's going on there. And I actually lost a burn, which felt really bad. Uh, I guess I kept a pretty mediocre hand and got punished because they were playing a, a fast deck. And then in the next game, I got bamboozled real hard by um, Searing Blaze. Uh, it was damage I could not redirect to my spell sky, and therefore I, I died a sad, miserable death. Sad panda. Uh, but this past week, I played Amulet. Uh, did not fear the dampening sphere. Because uh, apparently nobody plays them or draws them, apparently. I don't know. I got them. Um, Although I, I wasn't there though. I did get blood mooned a lot. Yeah, there's was, a lot of blood moon. It's very that. irritating. Uh, so I, I got there a little bit late, as I often do, and I'm kind of rushing to to sit down to start my first game. So I'm like, okay, one die roll. Uh, the hand's fine, I guess. Uh, land amulet pass. And he's like, okay, turn one blood moon. <laughs> like, all right, game two. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we rush? We have plenty of time. <laughs> I was actually really sad because I lost that match in game three because I couldn't draw a bounce land, or really any land for that matter. Man, I hate when that happens. It's really frustrating. It's a frequently reoccurring story. (laughs) Which is very strange. I I think I saw like 23 to 24 cards that game, and only four of them were lands. Yeah. One of them was a gemstone mine, and it was not actually in play when I lost the game. I had to use it all three times. I do think it's funny that friend Mike is, uh, is picking up Amulet in this god-awful meta. This is, like, such a hostile meta for Amulet. I mean, uh, is it really the meta that's hostile to Amulet, or is it our stupid store well, that's, that's hostile? That's what I mean. Right? Our meta. I our think meta, if our you store. play it somewhere else, I, I don't know if Steven has this Blood Moon problem that, that we have at Great Escape. We are lousy with Blood Moons at Great Escape. No, my issue with uh, playing Amulet is that I get paired up against my, like... The worst pot, like every deck except for two decks, are my like I wouldn't care. I'm fine. I can play through it, but I get paired up against those two decks every single week, and it's so frustrating. Some stormy boys. It's like it's either storm or it's either Grixis, and it's just like 
don't know. Like, it's nothing. There's nothing I can like. I played well. I did everything I could, and I played to my best ability. But it just sucks that like, oh, you're you're playing Grixis. Awesome. So it's, it's not your fault, huh? I don't think so. Out of your hands. The Grixis matchup is really hard. It's not an easy matchup, but uh, I've been more or less fifty fifty against against it. Like at the GP, I played Shadow four times and was two and two against it last year in Vegas. Yeah, for whatever reason, I just can't. I can't close it out against them. Whenever, whenever I do find answers, they just like they top deck a Thoughtseize or they top deck uh, Gurmog Angler, and I'm just like, F. cool. That's <laughs> the one card I needed you not to have. Awesome. Like yeah. Hellbent draw, play the card, and I'm just like. Can't I literally could not interact with you whatsoever? See, the, here's the thing about about playing a deck like Amulet though is you can't actually complain about your opponent's drawing good because you play Ancient Stirrings, which is like the best selection in the oh, format. I also whiffed sure. off an Ancient Stirrings sure. on Friday. <laughs> you what? I whiffed an Ancient Stirrings. Hey, that doesn't happen often. It wasn't an optional whiff. You know, sometimes you play it and you have. Like four green cards and a Slayer Stronghold, and you're like, eh, I'll just mm-hmm. leave that into my deck. Yep. No, this one's just five for five. You have no options here. <laughs> oh, also, also, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'll let you finish. I'll get. I'll get to mine when you when somebody asks me. Salty. Salt. Oh yeah. So speaking of Blood Moons, um, I got Blood Moon by a five color deck. Oh yeah. That's oh sweet. man, this is a good story. This deck. This is a bad beat generating machine of a deck. Oh. So he's he's playing these trilands, right? So I think game one sure. Just just give your part of the story, then I'll give my part of the story, right? And then we'll we'll put the jigsaw pieces together. Okay, sure. So so game one, he plays some trilands. I played two amulets and just murdered his face. He was at nineteen. I attacked with a two amulet titan. He had a Sakura tribe uh, elder, realized that he dies no matter what anyway. And we go on to game two. Game two, he briberies me. Gets a titan. I'm like, okay. That's annoying, but not that good against me. I just packed play my own titan. Attack him. He trades. I'm like, sure, because I have more the more I have more where that came from. And he untaps, and he has like Triland, Triland, Swamp, Swamp. And he plays basic mountain. And then a blood moon. And I look down at my single lonely basic forest. And I go, huh. <laughs> huh. It would appear that I have been got. <laughs> <laughs> so I lose my pack trigger. That, that was sweet. Um, <clears throat> and then game three, uh, I, I have like my Rex Age in my hand and like a forest. I'm like, just, there's no fucking way he wins this game. Blood Moon, I have a Rex Age already. It doesn't even matter. So I play my Titan, and he, like, Oblivion rings it. And I have a pack, a blue pact in my hand, too. I'm just like, I could pay for this blue pact. Eh, I'll just let it resolve. It's fine. So just untap, play my Rex Age, blow up the O-ring. Oh, look, ETV triggers? More <laughs> lands? Give it haste anyway? Attack you? More lands? <laughs> so, like, if you place a Blood Moon, I'll just pack, blue pack that. <clears throat> and next ring, like, untaps. And then, like, stasis snares the titan? I'm just like, sure. Untap, play another titan? 
attack you with it? And he's like, Stasis Snare again? Like, counter that? He's like, ah! <laughs> <It> concedes. <clears throat> Banished to the Shadow Realm. But so apparently you've see, you've seen some other other cards out of this deck, John. Well, I di- I didn't see them myself, but I so I was at the card shop. I didn't actually play on Friday because I was still getting over being desperately ill. But uh, I came by to uh, drop some cards off for some people, and I sat and watched some games. And this guy comes over and starts talking to his friend and giving you know the the bad beat salts about this guy he played, and this guy bituminous blasted him and cascaded into sprouting thranic thranix. And so he's playing Jund, right? Like, this guy's playing, like, you know, normal Jund. And he got crushed by this guy playing, like, Jund cards circa, like, what, 2009 or whatever? I was like, man, you just, like, you fell through a portal in time and got beat down by, like, an ancient version of your own deck. A bitumous blast from the past? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Turns out, same deck Chris played against. What? <laughs> Literally the same deck. That's absurd. Yeah. Yep. Same deck. Yeah. Five so colors. The deck, is playing, the, deck, the deck is playing Stasis Snare, double white. Bribery, double blue. Bitumous Blast. <laughs> Red and black. Sprouting Thrinax. Red, black, and green. And apparently can still play Blood Moon. Hey, man. Like Satan's own mana base. He don't care. <laughs> oh man. He just gonna blast some bitches. <laughs> what a hardcore baller. Then I also met up with John over the weekend, played played a cat deck, and, and then got, played an even more cats deck. You received a very stern series of dickings that entire day. <laughs> Except for once. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where, where you got cat slapped real fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, so I, I won. I won two games. I won two games over the entire day. Um, one was with a. Uh... <laughs> so you attack with your Stoneforge Mystic into my empty board. I'm just like, uh, White Sun for six cats. Huh. <laughs> this is like turn three or f- like four, right? Turn it's four. It's really early. Really early. You had Soul Ring like every game. My deck doesn't have Soul Ring in it. <laughs> and then the other game I won. Wait, I had are these the... EDH decks? Yeah. yeah. We met up on a weekend and played EDH for a few hours. We were those guys in the back of the card shop while people were, like, drafting Dominaria. We're just those two guys in the corner playing EDH. I was like, my my god, what have we become? I I have become that which I hated the most. (laughs) I just want to point out to the listeners, if you haven't been listening for very long, I was made fun of for the exact same thing, like... 10, 15 casts ago. I will say that while I was playing Commander, I wasn't having any fun except for the two <laughs> games that I won. <laughs> what did I Not say a after- single ounce of fun. What did I say after literally every game we played? I said, man, this is a really shitty format. <laughs> like, I had to keep playing games just so I could win a game. <laughs> I, like, I like beat him down and I'm like, man... Spider-Man fucking sucks. Do you want to play modern? He's like, nah. I must win. <laughs> and to jo- and to tilt John even more, um, my <sighs> my deck is in Japanese. Oh my god. I don't know what any of the cards do. <laughs> so you have he's to like, keep looking so at the cards. I tell John what it does, and he's just like, I guess I'll believe you because I don't feel like looking it up. <laughs> it's like, 
Sure. He's like, this card, it's like a Reclamation Sage. But all my other cats, when I play them, are, are also, also Reclamation, reclamation Sage. Sages. And I just kind of stare at him for a second. <laughs> I'm like, I choose to believe you. <laughs> and then like, it like shows the mana? translation, right? And it's like, it also has reach! <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Yeah, yeah, like every card. Like, Every card. I'm like, what the hell does that do? So, I mean, aside from the two games I've won, every other game, it's like, oh man, I have, like, I'm gonna equip a guy with the thing. He's like, kill it. Oh, I'm gonna make a lot of dudes. Kill them all. <laughs> or, like, I'm gonna play some guys. Olivia Voldaren. Give me your fucking shit. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is not fun at all. And then finally, I have a game where I draw my lightning greaves. Like, oh, yes. Finally, lightning greaves. I can slap it on my guy and I will be protected from his bullshit, like, mize, mize you with your path and. Oh, Greaves, equip is like, in response, fatal pusher thing. I'm like, what? <laughs> Play a new guy? It's like, oh, it's like a 4-4. Four, four. You know, four man, like, community clause or something. I don't know, whatever it is. And like, oh, equip it. And he's like, in response, path it. I'm like, ah! <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then there's a time you where you, like, you time. fucking, you mortified my dude. And I'm like, okay, I need to O-ring this Liliana because it's really getting out of hand. And you're just like, oh, Goblin Brook Dwellers? Mortify your Oblivion Ring? John is dying. And then the, <laughs> the one time you got the boots on a guy, I crackling doomed it. <laughs> it's so tilting. Like, all his removal is like, you know, slightly um, conditional. And he just like it just lines just up just good enough every just single enough and then time. he has he has like one game where he has like a guy or two and just like a pile of equipment he has like an Ar argentum armor or whatever he's gone and fetched hey, how many pieces of equipment do you have like four or five oh yeah then there was a time where I had the fucking hammer right when it says like, oh when it come, equipment comes into play it just attaches to something so I'm like aha I have you now my indestructible cat give it this argentum armor and it's like in response to the trigger Kulligan's command your argentum armor. <laughs> Oh, our listeners are gonna love that. I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about the time you got merciless eviction. Oh, which <laughs> naming, time? Naming artifacts. The other times for creatures. Oh yeah, because all of my mana was in the form of Soul Ring and Hedron Archive. Mm-hmm. And then I just didn't have mana anymore. Man, yeah, EDH is fun when I win. <laughs> John, what else did you play over the week over this past week? Well, so I was uh, I was uh, deathly ill. Probably the sickest I've been since I had swine flu. That was fun. No one received any memes for like a week straight. Uh, I sent a friend some memes and he was like, I'm glad you're feeling better. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, is that how you knew? Like that was, that was like, John's okay now. He's, he's not sick anymore. The memes are flowing again. Jesus. The spigot has been turned back open. <laughs> John the meme lord returns. Oh man. Um, but, uh, Shortly before I got sick, uh, I was testing uh, a really spicy deck on Moto from our good friend Ivan Jen. Um, and uh, this deck is sweet. Sweeter than normal. It is a uh, flame, flame of Keld, Flames of Keld deck. It is, a, it is also a rally deck, something we have quite a, quite a love for on this, on this podcast. We love our you know, Zubera rally and Esper rally decks very much. So uh, you play, uh, he, he named it uh, Suicide Squad. I was calling it Keld Combo, which is a fucking awful name. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, much better. 
It's um, Far superior. Four Mog Fanatics. Uh, four of the new Mog Fanatic. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, the bad Mog Fanatic. Fire uh, Fanatical Firebrand. Um, four Insolent Neonates and four Wild Cantor. This is the creature package. They all have the ability to sacrifice themselves to do a thing. Um, you play Impact Trimmers, and you play uh, Fire of Keld, and then you play um, a bunch of Rally Ancestor effects. You play Rally Ancestors and uh, Proclamation of Rebirth. So your, uh, your goal is to basically play a bunch of crappy dudes, and then you, uh, you have uh, a bunch of discard outlets like Faithful Sooting and the Neonate, and the Fires of Keld, and you try to discard one of your four Bridge from Below's. And now all your guys that sack themselves to do a thing poop out zombies in the process. So you get that sweet zombie damage. And then eventually you rally back all your guys, hopefully after you have a, a you know a level three fire of Keld. And so Which doubles the... Doubles, at... Yeah, double. It uh, doesn't double. It says each time a red source would deal damage, it does two extra damage. Yes, that there plus you two. Go. So, uh, it's your, like Cardmaster Swath. Yeah, so your, your Mog Fanatic sacrifices to deal three Let's see if you have an impact tremors in play and you rally, your mog fanatic comes into play, nugs them for three, and you sack it, you nug them for three more. That's just one. And, you, and then you get a zombie. Then you get a zombie or two, yeah, which also enters off impact tremors and shoots them for three. And you just Kamea Kamea them in the fucking face and they die. It's amazing. Um deck is super sweet. I went uh one and four in two different leaks. <laughs> Because the deck is uh, kind of hard to play. Uh, and I played against really weird decks. I played against like uh, Scred Red, Mono Red Hollow One, um, Mono Red Prison. It's like a port of the Legacy deck. Where they try to like Chalice you on turn one or two and then play Mud Blood Moon on turn two. I feel like this deck struggles against a Chalice on one. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's better <laughs> you than you would... rallies, so there's like there's outs, but. It's better than you would think. Because um, like you just like cast your guys into it and let them go to the yard. Which is fine. Like you're you're usually not trying to get too much value off the front end, because like the thing is like the chalice decks are really slow to kill you, so you have like plenty of time just to like jam crap into the chalice and then rally it back and kill them that way. Because all your all your payoff cards cost two or more. Like your uh, impact tremors cost two, the uh, fires of Keld cost two, all the rally effects are three. Um, Bridge from below cost three. Yeah, <laughs> bridge from below. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the hardest thing is getting bridges into the yard because your faithless lootings and neonates can't come into play. So um, that's like the hardest part is actually getting bridges into the yard in that scenario, um, which is kind of funny that like Chalice on one actually really kind of turns off your your three drop so to speak. Um, but um, yeah, the deck is super sweet. Uh, I think it's got a lot of potential. Um, it's hard to play, and so it's also kind of a, like a gotcha deck. So with oh please, I'm sorry, I missed I missed one of the creatures. It plays um, Skirt Prospector. It plays a whole place of those as well. So between um, Skirt Prospector and Wild Cantor, you have eight ways to basically make three mana on turn two. So you board in a full set of Blood Moons after board against a lot of decks, and you just try to turn two Blood Moon them. Uh, and that's obviously like really good against a lot of decks. <laughs> so uh, and I don't have Blood Moons online, so I was playing without that, which turned out to be fine because I played against all these absurd mono red decks, so it was basically irrelevant. Um um, so I, I played that online. I thought that was really cool. And then uh, on Friday night, uh, I showed up for a while and I sat through and watched Ivan play around with the deck. And he had added some spicy tech um, since I'd last talked to him. And he had added some uh, uh, Care Keep, 
He only he had he only had one, but he wants to have a second after after playtesting it. Care Keep is insane. Um, it's a land that lets you do something with your mana on the turns you can have something to do with your mana. It makes a guy, which triggers your impact tremors. That was super cool. Uh, and then uh, over the weekend, uh, this past weekend, I played against uh, Chris. I played some EDH since I didn't play at FNM, and I played uh, Blue White Thopter Sword again. Deck is sweet, especially against something that's trying to do stuff with creatures. Um, yeah, I feel like every time I play the deck, like you like you do the thing, right? You like you play the second piece, and you just like pass, and then you like tap out at the end of their turn, however much money you have, make some thopters, and they, they never scoop then. And then you just untap, attack them, and then pass. And then you just do the same thing again. And they always scoop after the second time. You're like, I always like, realize, ah, yes. They're just like, I can't beat this. Like, ah, yes, I'm losing now. Like, it's just not immediately apparent the first turn. But the second turn, when they see how many Thopters hit the field, they're just like, nah. No, 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 no. The thing is, like, the first thing you think about with a Thopter Sword is, wow, they have lots of blockers and gain life. And then the next turn around, you realize that, wait, they're going I'm, to kill me. I'm fucking dead. Yeah. Because <laughs> you get hit for like three, four the first time. And the next time you're like, oh, I'm getting slapped in the face for like 10 here. And his life total went from like six to like 16. Whoops. We're done. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that deck's super fun. I, I'm surprised how salty it has made people. Uh,. I think people don't expect to just get got out of nowhere by a control deck like that. Like, I mean, you can go from basically just doing the normal slow control game where, you know, there's no one in sight. And then one turn, you could drop both pieces and they're just dead two turns after that. And like, it makes people surprisingly salty. I don't know why, but I've gotten some bad reactions from people, um, which was delicious, obviously. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. yes. Feed the troll. Feed the troll. Yes, yeah, so that was my last two weeks of magic. How about you, Steven? How was uh, how was your week in Magic? Um, so I played uh, Blue White and Bomb at a standard F and M, which was, was, the, was it the bomb. It was it was the bomb. I uh, pulled that one out of retirement. Got to got to uh, pull it, pull it out of the crypt. So the so it's, so it's surprising. So like so the the every card from this from this deck is uh, has all, all the creatures have embalm or uh the other one that's the same thing that turns it into a four four eternalize eternalize uh and what i learned what i'm learning is like this deck doesn't really change until the sets rotate so until amonkhet rotates out this i feel like this deck is is basically hit its final form because there isn't like really much you can add to it i've taken out uh, I put like, cast outs or not cast outs. Your removal uh, changes a little bit, right? Yeah, like seal away seal gets added. Yeah, seal away gets added to the deck, but like that's about it. You could sideboard into Teferi. I could, yeah, uh, yeah. For the for the slower, grindier matchups, I could put in a Teferi um, or two Teferis. I can even put Karn in if I want to. It's just like, but it's like none of you don't need any of it. Anyways, I went. Uh, I ended up. There's only three rounds. I ended up going two one. Uh, they pay, they do payouts on, uh, by record, and I go into my third round, and my opponent's like, hey, uh, wanna split, uh, the promo, which was opt and packs, and I got greedy, and I was like, nah, let's play it out, and he was playing, like, mono green, no splits, kill them no, all, no, sorry, so game one was, like, mono green dudes, and then the, 
after sideboard, he plays, he like leads off with the blue green fast land. And I was like, ah, this is not going to be good. Uh, and he just had like, he drew four negates. So I didn't win that either. Uh, aren't you guys like, aren't all the Eternalized guys creatures though? Yeah, but they're like low power until you bring him back from the graveyard. And by that point it's too late. Cause that's like turn five and he's like turning the corner on turn two. What? Uh, a five four. Oh, the uh, one elfie boy. Yeah, a five four that none of my uh, none of my oh, front your, end creatures your, can block. None of your dweebs can block it. Nice. And, yeah, until I bring him back from the graveyard. So I was just like, all right, great, fantastic. And then See so I was like, nerd. and so then I like, I like, I was like putting away my cards, and I was like, would you like to split one pack in promo? <laughs> wow. He was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Wow, look who came crawling back. <laughs> I was like, no, no shame, no shame. I, I made a mistake. I was wrong. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so that was fun. Oh, and in those packs, I opened up the very last pack that I opened up was uh, in the rare slot Karn in the uh, in the uncommon slot Dampening Sphere, which is pretty sweet. Pretty damp. Pretty damp. Uh, moist. Moist. Uh, and then I played Amulet, and that was a series of unfortunate events. It was sad. Um, I should have won a few, like, the one of the games that I lost, I should have won if I was playing a little better, but I wasn't, so boo to me. Uh, and then in, uh, in the same day, I tested a little bit with Karn in Affinity. I replaced a Steel Overseer. For it and uh, I had the option to like minus and make a five five or plus and put an artifact in my hand, thinking that I could possibly protect the Karn the next turn. And it was against a Boggles player. And I was like, all right, this will be fine. I'll just plus put a card in my hand and then I'll get to minus uh I'll get to minus twice. Right? Starts on five, go up to six, yeah. So I get to minus twice and make two, two five fives or two, two uh, whatever whatevers. Uh, but then he goes like untap play rancor, which then puts my plan into chaos and just kills Karn through a block, anyways. Uh, so maybe I don't know. I th I feel like it's probably pretty good in a control matchup where you're just wanting to get card advantage, uh, and they don't really have. Um, uh, and they don't really have any creatures to, to put pressure on your card. But in more aggressive matchups, I feel like you either don't want to see it because it costs four mana, or you want to see it and just minus right away so you can make uh, a Master Ethereum, essentially. But but with uh, not not giving your team buffs. So I don't know. It's a, it's a very interesting card. I'm still going to have to test with it a little bit. Uh, and the moving on to like cool decks that I saw, I think the coolest deck was my blue, white and bomb deck that I saw this, this past week. Wow. Uh, a, a lot of people that I played or the, the, the three people I played against were just like, Oh wow. That cool. That deck is cool. That's like, that's old school, old school. Cool. Yeah. Oh, and then, yeah. So one of my standard games, I ended up only finishing one game. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Like one slow boy. 
Well, I was I was playing fast. My opponent was playing control and just didn't really know how to play against it, I guess. But I just like, oh, there's one turn where he like overcommitted and I fumigated. He like he tapped out to like play a creature and I fumigated and then brought a creature back that same turn. And I and I think that was like kind of the turning point for him where he could have won if he had left the creature in his hand. Um, but yeah, I just took over the game and just like kept a steady board. He had a bunch of uh, cast no uh, settle the wreckage that and I uh, just you know didn't attack, kept gaining life, drew a bunch of cards, and then um, we went to game two. And before we started game two, he called time in the round, and I won. Hooray! Hooray! Um, but yeah, did, uh, did you guys see any cool decks? I saw some, some cool decks. Uh, I was, uh, at home, sick, <laughs> watching some, uh, Twitch TV. I saw, uh, is it, is it Holy Diva? Holy Diva? I'm not sure how her screen name is pronounced. Uh, streaming. She was streaming with Blue Red Wizards in Modern. Uh, so she's a streamer who's known for streaming with the uh, the Blue Red Kelm Fiend deck a lot. And she has had pretty good results with it. Um, she's posted some data on Reddit about her overall win rate. And it's like in like the 70% range, I think, or something like that. It's like quite good. Um, she's really good with those um, kind of aggressive creature combo decks, kind of in the, the same kind of general wheelhouse as Affinity. But um, sort of infect their like spell-based Blue Red decks with creatures like delver and stuff like that um kiln fiend anyways uh she was taking uh blue red wizards for a spin a deck i've been kind of interested in because of um adele's Adeles, the cinder wind i think the card's super cool opens up some really interesting uh options uh i purchased uh my playset along with my playset of wizards retort and wizards lightning well they're still cheap which they will probably remain also got some uh, Naven Dean of Iterations. I don't know if I'll trot these out anytime soon, but I picked up all my cool standard wizard stuff ahead of time. Um, <clears throat> uh, takeaway was the deck seems cool but underpowered, and Holy Diva is really salty. Probably won't watch again. <laughs> really Sol hate, really hate watching salty streamers. Holy shit, was she salty! <laughs> solid uh my other sweet deck i saw was um a uh legacy bomberman deck and for those that aren't familiar uh bomberman refers to a combo deck that uses uh orox salvagers to basically repeatedly uh buy back and loop um a uh like a uh, a cheap artifact to kill your opponent um and like mishra's bobble or yeah, exactly or versus uh, bubble <clears throat> in this case i think they're uh, basically looping I think the goal is to generate a bunch of mana, then kill them with a, like a walking ballista or make a bunch of monastery mentor tokens. Uh, but this particular version is playing four Karns. New Karn and Legacy. Um, Bamboozled is their name. They got 28th in the Legacy Challenge uh, last weekend, I believe. Uh, it's a white and colorless deck, and it's uh, pretty cool. Uh, and they've also got Sabo's Web in the sideboard, which is a card I am always really excited to see. Um, I think it was originally printed specifically to hate on Rashadenport, uh, but it is real good against lands. So I'm sure that's why they have that in their board. So there's a, a tasty little uh, morsel you can check out from the uh, Legacy Challenge on the 6th. 
uh, bamboozled in 28th place. Uh, it's, a, it's a cool little deck. Chris, did you see anything cool? Um, speaking of Karns, I saw a Scrud Red deck over the weekend playing uh, the new Karn in that as well. Uh, <clears throat> guess it's slowly starting to trickle its way into modern people trying to fit it into their decks to get some card advantage in colors that may not otherwise have good options for card advantage. Um, but I just remembered another spicy deck. I So uh, an interesting deck that I saw a long time ago seems to have resurfaced in the uh, SCG Baltimore Team Open. And it's the modern um, as foretold living end deck, <laughs> but oh, not deck. with silly cycling creatures, but with Deceiver Exarchs and Kiki Jikis. Yeah, that's that deck thing. also has Gorio's Vengeance in it, right? Yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> and Gristle Gristle Brand. Brand. Yeah, I it's saw just that it's just a it's just a combo like it's like the ten graveyard combo. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the the titled it Gorios as foretold. Yeah, it's the deck with Jace Finn's Prodigy, oh. Grizzlebrand, Deceiverix, or Kikijiki, along with you know as foretold Gorios Vengeance and Living End. Yeah, I played against it last week. Um, in paper, that was yeah. In paper, I I, uh, I lost because that was the game where I I forgot. I miscounted my land drops and lost to my own pack trigger. Wow. Of all the ways to die against that deck. Right? Yeah. I was just like, I was like turn two and I thought I had another land drop and he goes like, and I saw, I like play my third land drop and he's like, okay, so that's your third land drop. And then I like stop. I assess the board and I was like, oh, I had already cast my green pack at that point. I'm like, Huh. All right, yeah, you got it. That'd and he just like he looks at me. He's like, he's like, huh? And I was like, I don't, I can't pay for my pack. He's like, oh, cool story, man. Yeah, cool. Huh? Huh? First time it's ever happened to me. It may not be the last. Hope not. It won't be. Spoilers. Yeah, this this deck. Good God, this deck. It's a spicy meatball, if I've ever seen one. Yeah, it's got some density of combo to it. Like, three lightning axes? You know, why not? I forgot about those. The lightning axes are like the cherry on top. Speaking of the Baltimore Open, let's take a look at uh, this, these first placers. This first place team. Um, which I think is is interesting that i i, I kind of want to want to see what john has to say about this uh Sultai delver deck Sultai delver is good is it is it yeah, good it is is it it's really good it's good but I have so to like say about it so why why Sultai not grixis i feel like isn't grixis just better yes <laughs> Your insight is amazing. Yes. Uh, so it's uh, it's a stylistic choice. Um, so you get you get pluses and minuses, obviously, from playing Sultai. Uh, Sultai is the best Delver configuration against combo. Um, you gain access to uh, him to Torok, which is crushing against combo decks. To be fair, you could play Tim to Torok in Grixis if you so desired. You don't. 
But why not? If you so desired. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so uh, the way the way these decks are constructed is the Sultai versions of the deck are generally trying to leverage a little bit cleaner of a mana base. So you, you, you remind yourself that uh, Grixis Delver decks are actually not Grixis. They are four-color Delver decks, uh, technically mm-hmm. speaking, since they have to run the uh, Singleton Tropical Island in, able, in order to uh, gain access to Deathrite Shaman's third ability, uh, which is extremely relevant against uh, the um, graveyard decks of the format like Reanimator and Dredge, uh, and to a much lesser extent to the very aggressive decks of the format like Burn. Um, you can't really skimp out and not run the Tropical Island, which definitely makes your mana worse. Um, <clears throat> the Sultai decks, since they are already um, kind of playing this uh, more consistent mana base and um, have access to stuff like uh, Abrupt Decay and Tarmogoyf, uh tend to play a little bit more uh i guess i shouldn't say more but a, a less proactive game and they play stuff like liliana of the veil a little bit higher up the curve in the greg six decks it's kind of the um age-old uh pseudo mirror uh you know question where you want to you want to beat the pseudo mirrors what do you do you get a little bit bigger and that's what uh what uh Sultai delver does really well um Tarmogoyf is actually an extremely difficult card for Grixis Delvers, uh, Grixis uh, decks in general uh, to deal with. Um, your removal is generally damage based in those decks. They tend to avoid stuff like Fatal Push uh, because they want all of their removal to also double as burn and a little bit of reach so that they can um, more aggressively put games away. Um, Soltai doesn't have that option, so they're not really priced into paying you know, into, into playing this you know direct damage removal. They get a little bit better options on their removal. They get to play Abrupt Decay. They get to play Fatal Push. This makes them um, also a little bit more insulated against stuff like uh, Chalice of the Void and Blood Moon. Um, having the option to just take them clean off the table. Um, and they tend to favor Tombstalker over Gurmog as their Delthroat of choice since they do have access to a little bit more mana. They typically play 20 lands instead of 18. Um, and they leverage their death rates a little bit better, so they play Tombstalker, which obviously is also a trump in the pseudo mirror because Gurmog does not fly. So uh, they get to just slap you in the face for five damage, and there's not really much you can do about it. Um, so I have a question for you, John. Yeah. What's your feeling on this, what I think is a spicy singleton sideboard option of Life from the Loam? Yeah, Life from the Loam shows up really frequently, actually, in um, green Delver deck sideboards. Uh, typically, you could play it in Grixis, but uh, I, I I think many people shy away from the green sideboard options when you only have one green source in the deck aside from your death rights. Uh, but uh, Rug Delver has actually <clears> been known for a long time to play a singleton or even uh, a double life from the loam here and there. And, uh, and Sultai Delver dips into it as well. And it really helps you go the extra distance against both lands and the other wasteland decks like the other Delver decks. Um, if you foresee yourself getting into a wasteland slugfest... Uh, Life from the Loam is one of the best cards you can have. Uh, it ensures that you don't lose the Wasteland fight. You will have more Wastelands than they have. And if you don't have Wasteland, you will have lands. So you can't get locked out of the game, which is really important. Um, it also helps you fill your graveyard, which can be relevant. Um, post-board, they have access to stuff like Liliana, The Last Hope. So it's not such a bad idea to be filling up your graveyard to recur stuff with her. And uh, it also turns on your Gwaifs and Tombstalkers. Um, but generally speaking, it's there for the really grindy uh, wasteland matchups, and uh, it's 
really good at winning those fights. Solo Library is also gas, gas, gas. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that's just like the mirror breaker. Solo Library. Yeah. Uh, having it comes like, in, yeah, like card, card it comes advantage. In, it comes in a lot of places. Um, <clears throat> it comes in the places where uh, your life total is not relevant, so you can just uh, have all the cards you ever want. <clears throat> it's uh, additional selection uh, against the pseudo mirror, and it's also really good against the decks that go bigger, like Chuckpile. Um, Chuckpile also tends to dip into uh, Sylvan Library somewhat frequently, and uh, just being able to. In matchups where your life total isn't being pressured, just trade your life for raw card advantage is really powerful. Because raw card advantage is actually quite difficult to come across in Legacy. And it's kind of funny that a green card would actually be a really uh, a really easy uh, source of, of just raw card advantage. But um, going plus two cards in Legacy is quite difficult. Um, everything is so efficiently structured to just, uh, just sculpt your hand and kind of swap out cards. You know, ponder, brainstorm, um, so next you can play preordain. Um, you're really just trying to get a, a critical mass of card quality and kind of beat your opponent down with just having better cards than they do. You know, having having the right tools for each each um, each situation, and <clears throat> by having access to better tools, you'll tend to come out ahead. But the alternate path you can play is to try to dip into some of these card advantage sources and then just beat them over the head by nature of having more cards and more resources than they do. And uh, Sullivan Library is great at that. Um, also having um, access to uh, easy green, making uh, your death right shamans can really actually start to pull you ahead in life total, which they don't get to do in Grixis Delver. They don't really ever, um, you're at the very most dedicating, you know, um, a whole land drop to just being, uh, you know, uh, two life every turn. You have to actually go fetch that tropical island in a matchup where you probably didn't normally want it Yeah, in a fair matchup. Well, Soulfly Delver is just going to have green sources laying around. It doesn't have to go take a turn off or, you know, uh, alter its game plan and cripple itself to go get this green land like Grixis might have to. It's just going to have green laying around incidentally. And then a Death Rite or even even scarier, two Death Rites really just pushes your life total uh, way ahead and lets you turn the Sylvan Library into just sheer card advantage, which is really good. Uh, it's actually really scary in the uh, in the mirror against Grixis is um, when your Soulfly opponent uh, and you reach a point of near parity and they have Death Rite in play, um, if you have death right, um, normally that's just kind of a stall in a lot of the Grixis matchups, right? Like it's kind of like a, you stare at each other and see who pulls the trigger on your death rights first. Uh, Soldier just goes to work on both people's graveyards, uh, just eating creatures, and the Grixis player usually can't do anything about it, hmm. and they have to decide if they want to spend, you know, a whole fetch land just going and getting in their tropical island, um, and then if it gets wastelanded, it's just gone. They don't have any way to eat creatures at that point, and so um, the Soldier player can really push themselves out of range. Uh, yeah. and and win the game that way even without a Sultan library so um and then that's why you the... play grixis right yeah well grixis <laughs> just has grixis has the ability to just kind of fight through even the bad matchups because it can just steal games by pushing damage really fast which Sultai does not have access to it also doesn't have uh, a lot of the versions don't play true name nemesis uh just because they've chosen to go big in other ways of Liliana and tombstalkers they don't they don't generally choose to go big in the in the true name direction but true name also lets you steal a lot of games you have no business winning um because it can attack through stuff like baleful strix and board stalls and just you know lava spike your opponent every time <laughs> just doesn't care yeah just doesn't care so grixis uh grixis just steals a lot of games um where and... Sultai grinds more games so Sultai grinds the games <laughs> Sultai, yeah Sultai, Sultai stabilizes much more effectively than grixis whereas grixis keeps your opponent uh on the back foot a lot better i would say 
Sweet. Um, the way the way Sultai steals games is with him to Torok. Yeah, makes sense. Where you're like blindly casting him to Torok, and when they only have two cards in hand, they're like, oh, well, yeah. Turn one Deathrite, turn two him to Torok through days, and then deploy a threat is extremely potent. Yeah. Um, it's really unfortunate that we can't have such an in-depth. I mean, we probably could, but uh, about the the modern portion of this tournament, I it just. You know, it's it's like humans, elves, green white company. Elves in second place is actually really interesting. Um, is it Ross, be- Ross Barium is a known elves aficionado, but elves does not generally perform at second place level in modern. I mean, I, I feel like it it could. It just needs the right pilot. It, I like. There's nothing about this deck that says it can't win. I think the elves deck is actually very interesting because he's playing two boreal druid, which is not standard from what I understand. Yeah, he's also it's, got it's not. He, he's got uh, Marwin, the uh, the new card from Dominaria, which is yeah, uh, really sweet tech. I like this it's card just a lot. One, but he's there nonetheless. You've got yeah you've got four court of callings to go fetch it. So. I mean, but uh, so he has what four elves, mystic four land elves. He just wanted more one mana elf dorks, and I guess boreal Jude is is all we had left. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm playing I mean, elves of the deep shadow. It was either that or arbor elf, but arbor elf is like not a mana ability; can be responded to. Yeah, it's true. I guess that's where you'd go before you went to Elves of the Deep Shadow. <laughs> is Deep Shadow even modern legal? Yeah, yeah. it's from uh, original Ravnica. Oh, okay. Block, I'm not sure what's set. Deep Shadow is older than that, right? It got reprinted in that. Okay, movie. okay, okay, okay. Quentin, uh, he did elect <laughs> to play the uh, Vizier Remedies version of Elves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like I've, I feel like the in Elves you should just be running the Vizier combo in there, even if it's just one Vizier and one... Um, it's pretty free. And one devoted druid, it's just it doesn't make sense not to because it's you can just It's just like Oh look, I have these two cards that make infinite amount of mana on accident off of a collected company, and I have an Az- Azuri in the in the in play. Uh, the funny thing oh, look, that I, I that I've seen happen a few times is um two devoted druids going infinite with mana with no uh with no vizier, just with Azuri activations. Yeah, yeah. Like Azuri just throws it out of its own. Ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty sweet. Kind of funny. <clears throat> and you have to like explain to your opponent why it's not dying, and they're just like, huh. "Oh, Wait, what? Oh, yeah." It's a sad way to lose. Uh, and then you know the humans is you know both of these decks are just hyper aggressive. They close games really quickly, or they'll uh you know if they linger on to super late games so probably gonna lose except for the humans i think humans has a good mid game mid to late game with I mean, uh um from with cards, playing the deck like, not really so the thing though at least maybe what i'm playing the deck, uh me. you tend to just draw either vials and lose the game and you're really sad right that's kind of the price you pay for playing either vial you draw it later in the game and it's awful and you feel really bad about your life decisions um <clears throat> that being said the uh inclusion of Dire Fleet Daredevils, uh, pretty helps. interesting. It helps with the mid game a little bit. Yeah, it really helps you have this magic. I've even seen some uh, human lists start to to add in a singleton um, restoration angel, which is also a very good you know use of your mana later on in the game. And it's pretty sweet. You get to like reset your meddling mage if you need to, or maybe save your Manchester Rider from removal because Manchester Rider is one of the best attacks in your deck. You can even re- you know re get more value off of Reflector Mage. Uh, fun fact, just just for all those human players out there, if you fan, if I target phantasmal image or something, 
and you, in response, Restoration Angel, target Phantasma image. You still sacrifice it. It's dead. That tried, that happened to me during uh, during my last uh, my last match with Amulet. I like pinged it, and my opponent's like Restoration Angel, blink Phantasma image. I'm like, okay. It's, it's like when people used it's, to try to stifle um, standstill triggers. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like. <laughs> Uh, Poop, okay. Poops another activation right on top of the stifle. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. Whatever. Yeah, got me. Oh, nope. Never mind. Like, okay, but, you, you but still what about this? You, you restoration angel. You're 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 a reflector mage, right? Ah, uh, yes. And then you just violin an image to image your restoration angel to restore angel your reflector mage again. Ah. Uh, Why have another reflector mage when you can have another restoration angel that is also oh. another reflector mage? Bigger body, oh, no. flies. flies. But yeah, I think uh, I think all these people are playing humans and elves for the same reason we you know we put Chris on on humans when we did the team GP. Um, the deck was good. The deck is good. <laughs> uh, being aggressive is good in modern. Being proactive in modern is I, you know I, I've been playing all these dirtily you know decks like oh uh, you know Thopter Sword and all that shit. I would not take these to a real tournament. Um, I really strongly believe that being proactive in modern is super important. And mm-hmm. not just being uh, proactive on just getting your opponent dead, but also in interacting with them. Um, I, I don't know. Some of these decks that just like like Storm, that just like try to like, you know, sail by your opponent without interacting with them at all. Whew, man. I mean, that, you gotta be real confident that you're gonna be doing the fastest thing in the room if that's where you're at, right? Like, if your yeah. goal is to interact as little as possible and just kill them really fast, you better be the fastest, because otherwise, you're not gonna do so hot. Yeah. Um, another another reason to be playing humans is um, it has a positive hollow in matchup, yeah. Which not a lot of decks can can boast at the moment. Um, it's kind of it's kind of weird the way it works out. You you might think that oh the deck of you know turn one four fours and Ingram and English should be good against the, the human deck, but it doesn't really work out that way. No, um, reflector mage is like a real close. Yeah, reflector mage Grimog Angler. See you next. Like reflector mage hitting literally <laughs> any creature is really annoying, right? Even the hollow one, it's it's really annoying for them to get back into play. Or like flame wake phoenix, like you don't want to cast that card. Yeah, yeah. And then mantis riders um, makes flame wake phoenix look really bad because it has to attack into the three three and just die for free. <laughs> And then you just attack them back for three every single turn, and they can't do anything about it. I mean, and then not to mention, you just meddling mage, name whatever card you're kind of weak against. Thalia makes their draws with, like, the, the looting effects and the, the lore effects awkward as well. They can be kind of... And Hollow One is kind of like a go-tall deck with these Grumog Anglers, which gets kind of destroyed by the, the go-wide human, like, Thalia's yeah. lieutenants. I'm gonna block this one turn and shut my dude, but next turn... All my dudes will be big enough to block it and eat it. Yeah, and I've seen like Thalia is actually surprisingly good against the Hollow One deck. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're trying to play a very efficient game, not too many lands. So paying three mana for Goblin Lorf doesn't feel great. I yeah. mean, it's the same reason Thalia is really good against Delver decks and Legacy, right? Like when your deck is tuned to do everything as efficiently as possible and take you know take advantage of these really like uh, almost almost uh, like almost unfair interactions like they're they're doing things that are technically fair but they feel unfair because they're so lean and efficiently costed thalia just throws it all out of whack like paying one more for each of your your spells just breaks these decks at their core they don't function like they're supposed to anymore they're just a pile yeah. of bad cards at that point i mean like turning terminate into to murders like awful she's bad but the, the with one mana spells is even worse it doubles the cost of the one mana spells 
yeah you get you get out of the two spells in the turn territory really quick and uh one it's just not a winning strategy and those decks and are so, very removal light too the, the hollow decks do not play much removal no uh they play what bolts main deck and that's it if that yeah they're they're their uh, blood gas can't block the flame lake phoenix like you said is not good at blocking um Look, yeah, flame blade blocks. adept is quite <laughs> terrible at blocking um yeah it's just the deck the deck is not good at dealing with a deck that both disrupts it and takes an aggressive slant against it at the same time it just and because of the lack of removal the phantasmal images are really good yeah so even if they do get ahead early anglers like oh i also have an early angler and they just kind of look at each other until the human deck can kind of catch up from getting its hand pooped on by burning inquiry yeah but the human deck is also very uh, very very uh what's the word redundant yeah. so it doesn't get as you know it doesn't care as much about getting burning inquiry as say like most these more uh, reactive decks aether vial is also really good insurance against getting your lands pitched yeah, it's also a very low to the ground deck. So a lot of times, if like I'm playing Amulet, right, and I get some of my lands discarded, and I just don't draw lands, I I lose the game. I can't do anything. Can't cast any spells. Human's deck doesn't have this this kind of issue. So it's to turn out its threats, even if it's just one creature at a time, they still get to deploy whatever they they need to deploy. So I was wrong. We could go into in depth about this. It's kind of funny though. Uh, <laughs> the the Santa Necromancers have kind of come full circle. They were in the early iterations of the deck. And then they ended up getting cut. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe because the control decks just weren't as prevalent with Wraths and whatnot. People were switching I, to Anger of the Gods type of strategies instead. And Xanthar Necromancers didn't do anything. Yeah. But I think now maybe because of Blood, uh, Bloodbraid Elf, mid-range decks are back. And so cards like Xanthar Necromancer are much better at um, fighting against the removal-heavy decks of, say, Jund and that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. You can really get them off a of vial too. They're like, oh, I'm gonna like bolt your guy. You like flash down his Ethered Necromancer, and now like, right now they have to like, yeah, they got your guy, but you got a zombie, and now like, heaven forbid, it's like during like combat or near combat too, because then it just get, goes completely off the rails for them, and then like they have to kill the Ethered Necromancer before they do anything else. Yeah, right. and when so, they kill the Ethered Necromancer, you still get a zombie. Um, and it doesn't like it's a three drop, which is really good for push. Like they, now they have to turn their push on to get it. Uh, it just makes things really awkward for the for the. I mean, you know, sometimes they just have the thing that lines up against it, and it's like, okay, like you kind of like maybe they maybe they got a two for one off of it. But a lot of the time they don't have the answer right away, and it just like snowballs things like way back in the the humans player's favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing is the human sideboards are starting to to be a little bit more brave in their uh, creature inclusions. <laughs> Uh, in Not the early humans. days, they wouldn't play <laughs> anything that wasn't a human, and now we're seeing stuff like selfless spirits and even occasionally Gallic Teagues. And in this particular list, they're playing even a, a Burlington Forge stage. Tender shows up once in a blue moon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kataki has been um, becoming more popular as well. Mm, scary. Kataki's good shit. Scary man, super scary. And I think paying one mana to keep your Aether Vial is a, a small price. <laughs> That's mm. mm, what I'm talking about. Another interesting thing was uh, uh, Todd Stevens in third with Green White Company. I mean, this is what Todd Stevens always plays. Value, but time. I'm pretty sure that he was saying that his deck was dead. With yeah, the beginning he, of push, right? He did. He did say that he he did not foresee Jace the Mind Sculptor being as trash as it is. But he was he was real scared. 
Yeah, I think he thought his deck was going to be unplayable, and here he is in third place with a main deck worship. Yeah, I mean, dude, you know, back when I was playing Bantal Drazi, like, worship is really good against a lot of decks in modern. A lot of yeah, decks. Yeah, nobody, nobody can't has do enchantment, enchantment removal. removal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, think about back when people, everyone was playing Grixis Death Shadow. What the, the hell is a Grixis deck going to do against an enchantment that's resolved? Like, nothing. nothing. They, they sit there and they're like, oh. It's here. I can't it's, win. It's here oh, I have to kill all of your creatures, even your little mana dorks. Like that's way more viable than getting an enchantment off the table for a Grixis deck. So yeah, yeah, worship is great. Like that's why so Affinity incredible. at some point was like, like artifact main board sideboard Give me all enchantments. The Healy deck, Chris. <laughs> Clearly, that'll fix it. Since we're on the topic of modern, let's move over to the classic. That happened in Baltimore, um, where we see in the top eight, in order, Humans, Affinity, Titan Shift, Mono Green Tron, Affinity, Black Red Hollow One, Titan Shift, and Humans. Um, so, Titan Shift. Yeah, we haven't seen Titan Shift uh, in, in quite a while, I feel, in the uh, the top eights or sixteens or top anythings, really. Yeah, it was it was like a boogeyman for for like a month and a half, and then it disappeared. Yeah, I guess with the the unbanning of Bloodbraid Elf, people have been jamming it in there, trying to make it work again. And what's really interesting is one of these lists, the seventh place list, has the full four Bloodbraid Elves, but also a bit of a white splash. Um, four Renegade Ralliers. Ooh, baby! And never two miss paths in the main. Never miss a land drop again. And there's like no shortage of uh, revolt enablers with your fetch lands and your Sakura tribe elders. Deck is quite revolting. You can uh, elder, sector elder, and then rally it back if you uh, are missing land, uh, fetch lands do the same thing, you know? Um, one interesting thing uh, uh, to note is the deck plays the basic planes. Must be like awkward that. sometimes, I'm sure. But at least that way, whenever so. you try to, whenever somebody resolves a Blood Moon, you can still cast Renegade Rallyer and Path to Exile, I suppose. Yeah. It's like the deck that doesn't ever want to see Blood Moon in a million years. Now it's jamming random basics into its deck, too. Yeah. So what's interesting is that you're losing, you're not losing much, really. Um, you're actually kind of just gaining some, some leverage over, like, the mid-game, right? And gaining a little bit more aggressive, like you can be a little bit more aggressive with your, like turn. You can turn three Bloodbraid Elf, and then from there, you know, hit uh, a Far Seek or a Search for Tomorrow, or you can even hit like a Lightning Bolt or a Summoner's Pact. They're playing five basic mountains. Yes, five. five. Two forests. Five yeah, usually we basic didn't see mountain. This level of basic mountain. Um, this is advanced mountain. We haven't seen this many basic mountains in a a Valka deck since the through the breach variants. Um, that was a long, long time ago. At this point, this but other, I mean, this, the, this I other think, deck is playing seven. Yeah, I was gonna say the other deck's playing seven. So that is an awful lot of basic mountains. I feel like isn't it? Well, okay. Fine, there's a reason for this, and that reason is three Colony Heart expeditions. Um, this is a card we haven't seen in a long time either, and so the, it's kind of funny that the uh, Bloodbraid Elf version of the deck is the slower, more consistent one, whereas the the other one, which opted not to play any 
uh, Blood Bidovs. Instead of playing two main deck opposite to Belos, we're looking at you, Hollow One, probably. Um, <laughs> it's playing the Calling Heart Expeditions, which make your nut hands much better. Um, in conjunction with your Prismatic Omen, right? You can just go off much quicker. Um, or even without scape shifts, just a couple of expeditions and sack them and just get tons and tons of facing mounds and just nuke your opponent into oblivion. Colony, uh, Colony Heart Expedition lets you, you know, just crank up the knob, you know, load size, small, medium, large. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering, like, why in this version of the deck, why don't we just cut the Summoner's Pacts, add uh, a Prismatic Omen and the fourth Expedition, or cut the Summoner's Pacts and add something like um, Sylvan... No, uh... Is ha- without the... How, how else are you going to play... How else are you going to play six Primeval Titans, Steven? It's cheating if you just put six in your deck. <laughs> I think the true answer here is uh, you get to play, in this version, four Reclamation Sage out of the board. What's the green search Search for a land? Green green and one search for any land put in search your hand? Search for tomorrow. No. Uh, no. What? Any land. Any land put in your hand? Yes. For two Leopold? mana? Tron plays it. Sylvan's Scrying. Sylvan's Scrying. Yeah, that's what I said. Well, I do want to play this card. So you you just take out the Summer's Packs. You probably take out, like, a Scapeshift. You add an Expedition, and then you can Sylvan, Sylvan Scrying for, uh, you know, you, you, play, you put your Prismatic Omen in play. You play the Expedition in play, and then you go Sylvan Scrying for your uh, Valica, and you just win on turn four or five without even having to cast the Titan. We Tron now, boys! <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It that actually just, works that way. It seems like a much more straightforward <laughs> approach rather than like. Even if you to, okay, so you still grind for your Valakut, right? And you have two Calling Heart Expeditions. That's what four mountains. So assume that all four of them are triggered. It's only twelve damage. Only twelve damage with two expeditions. Hmm. I suppose. And yeah, cutting, I, mean, I don't know. Right. Cutting escape shift seems like heresy. That's how I feel about cutting summoners back too. I mean. Hmm. All right, maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe I'm just trying to look at it from a way more. Uh, I think I'm. I think I'm probably thinking of a different deck. Maybe one that doesn't play Primeval Titan, uh, which is just a worse version of this deck. God, like <laughs> I don't know. You you're playing Amulet now, Steven. What card do you really want all the fucking time? Azusa, so I can play my Primeval Titan. <laughs> you know what card you don't want? Prismatic Omen. Or just, Colony Heart Expedition. Why don't you want Prism? I feel like Prismatic Omen is better, isn't it? Because then you just get three Valley Cuts and, a, and two other lands, and you get a bunch of triggers. You can it do it on turn does four. nothing otherwise. You can it do does, it on turn five, sorry. It does literally nothing. Except win the game. No, the other card is winning the game. How would you Whatever. feel if you played a Prismatic Omen and your opponent choked you? Huh. <laughs> Choke? Whew. Oh, because they're all. <laughs> <laughs> you or even worse, they like, for the last they like, time. They like boil you instead. <laughs> oh, baby. Can you imagine? Oh, every static omen. Escape shift resolves. A Valka triggers on the stack. Boil you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You don't have five or more mountains anymore. I guess your triggers don't actually resolve. Oh, man. 
Gross. By the way, you have no more lands in your deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Prismatic Omen is like... I mean, it does what you need it to do sometimes. Like, it's it's a card that you like potentially want to have sometimes. But it doesn't do anything on its own. I suppose. I mean, I, yeah, I've had like silly dreams of like, oh, I have a Prismatic Omen and a Valakut, and I have like a snake with a bounce land. You're just like, pew! <laughs> prismatic Cohen like literally has no text until the turn you're winning the game yeah yeah i suppose that's two accurate. mana do, do nothing jack fucking shit like except, no 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 except no. open it, yourself up to choke it, it, it lets your <laughs> let's your fetch lands tap for mana okay that's fair. accurate accurate and mana of color you care about we're looking at you herborg wait <laughs> why doesn't why doesn't the the five color uh scape shift deck play prismatic omen um it plays bring the light right it's it, bring the light is just summoners packed for scape shift it's more copies of the it's good not card. spicy enough that's yeah, my that's answer tr- that's true too <laughs> that deck is all about the spice um yeah and it, it doesn't do anything like okay so you're playing the bring the light deck right mm-hmm. you're cramming all these bullets into your deck like that version doesn't even play the full the full set of scape shifts all the time i don't think it plays less no yeah um space right, is tight for it all right yeah because you can fetch for it and space is tight because you're cramming all these bullets into your deck when you're like dipping into these other colors and playing these sweet bullets why the hell would you want to play two mana do nothing like nah get the, sure. the shit out of here I mean, the modern mana base is good enough such that you can kind of get away with not having these five-color lands, right? You can fetch and shock your way into playing whatever it is that you really need to play if you wanted to. I mean, we, this has been shown by the, the Traverse Shadow decks, right? The five-color yeah. shadow decks. Yeah. Like, you want to... Oh, I, I I like the whole Traverse trackage of, um you know, Traverse from my Goyfs from my Shadows, but, you know, Lingering Souls is also very good in the mirror, so let's add some white. And actually... Maybe Stubborn it's denial. better than uh, just fetching more dudes all the time. It's just, just counter it. Let's play Stubborn Dial. Just play it all. Just and But we still want to be able to, to teeter in battle range to kill them instantly, so we can't cut the red. <laughs> and the, the, the mana base that we have available to us in Modern is such that it allows you to do these sorts of things. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> And again, says the shadow the deck is like, player. I'm just says <laughs> says the affinity player. Sure, whatever. Listen, my my no color every color deck. No color every color. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Okay. You get to sideboard. Rest in peace. Thoughtseize and thoughtseize. Blood and moon? blood moon. I don't. And you're playing thought casts in your spell, main deck. Spell pierce too. Is like, there something wrong here? I don't understand what. Uh... The mana is too damn good. Speaking of affinity, there there are two affinity lists in this list. Um, a list a list of lists a list of lists. Uh, so one of them one of them is playing the two welding jar that I totally love. Uh, and the other the other is playing one. So it's playing three vault scourge. Uh, in so they so they added. So there's three Master Theorems, two Edge Champions, three Vault Scourge, three Steel Overseers. So you sacrifice the second Steel Overseer and the second 
uh, and then you add a Master Theorem and you sacrifice a Vault Scourge and you add a Galvanic Blast, so you're playing the full four. Why? I feel like that's just wrong, right? Because I feel like Signal Pest is probably a better cut than Vault Scourge because at least Vault Scourge can gain you life with cranial plating. You're the expert. Tell us, Steven. I mean, okay, so yeah, in my opinion, that feels wrong. Um, I don't know. I guess the thing is, like, your your uh, signal pest probably is less good when you don't have a, as many vault scourges in your deck. You're saying my signal pest is not as good when I have less vault scourges? Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So by cutting the, the vault scourge, the signal pest is not quite as good. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I... They're playing three Memnites, so I guess there's like the added bonus of like, okay, you have an extra zero drop that you can like come in on the ground swinging, but Memnite usually doesn't really but, get but what about damage. This, what about this one, Steven? In the sideboard. The two Shaper Sanctuaries. Oh man, don't even The real reason he picked this out. Listen, listen, listen. This card is great. I love it. Uh, no, I actually haven't had a great testing with it, but... Um, there's a lot of people who have and who really like the card, especially going into this meta of like uh, mid-range matters kind of uh, meta. The the Shaper Sanctuary really just adds that, uh, helps you get through that that uh, Colagon's Command Fatal Push turn. So uh, Shaper Sanctuary, it's whenever they become a target, right? Whether correct. that spell resolves or not is of little consequence to the Shaper Sanctuary. So correct. you still get to do whatever it is you want to do with your Ravager that's being targeted. You get, but you still get to draw your card. Correct. Yeah. So you. So yeah. If they're. So so yeah. Essentially, it's it's that side of Leovold where it's just like everything gets targeted. You draw a card, uh, and then you can decide what to do before that trigger resolves. I mean, you could even draw into, like, in in a perfect world, your Shaper Sanctuary draws you into your, like your Spell Pierce or your Stubber Denial, and then you're like. Get got. Thank you for the value. Oh, the one thing I, I just noticed the flavor text on this card protection is woven into every vine and branch. Really, yep. wizards? What has happened? What has happened? We have fallen from 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 the light in the, the flavor text department across the years. Yeah. I, yeah, it's. I agree. It's <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, so hot take here: Is this affect the bullshit side of Leofold, or is Leofold? other ability the bullshit side of leovold in legacy the other side is the bullshit part of leovold that's the problem the, that, the problem it, is that it has both and so <laughs> no really so the, the the not drawing a card clause is really irritating but the fact that it punishes you for removing it is what's so stupid right yeah so like spirit of the labyrinth right does the exact same thing but you can just <laughs> bolt it and it goes away and then brainstorm away right yeah leovold leovold though oh you want to you want to bolt me i'm gonna draw a card first eh, i'm gonna counter your bolt while i'm at it fuck your shit <laughs> <laughs> oh look at this little nice force of all oh, you want to you want to brainstorm response nah <laughs> yeah draw one put two back i will say i think the draw i think the draw effect in legacy is a little is a little more harsh <sighs> If you brainstorm modern, on your turn, draw yeah, none, put two back. But it's uh, but it's solely because of brainstorm. If brainstorm as like is just a card in modern, then then Leovold's other side oh. would be much better. God, as an else player, I disagree. Man, <laughs> your opponent lays down Leovold when you're like you know I have no card like no relevant cards in hand, and you're like, oh maybe I'll maybe I'll draw some removal for this Leovold. Ponder, 
Ah, yes, Ponder. Ah, yes. You'll save me in this situation. I'm gonna put three cards in the library. Oh, I don't like these cards. Shuffle them. You can go now. (laughs) (laughs) I've done that. I've I've lived that life. It's such a true life. Uh, Isn't there a card that just like rearranges the top three of your library? Because that's what Ponder does with a with a Leobold. Oh, I'm sure there is. I don't remember what it's called, but there's definitely a card that does that. Speaking of uh, legacy, just a quick glance at this top eight, um, because it's not that all exciting. In order from first to eighth, Miracles, Land, Grixis Delver, Grixis Delver, Eldrazi Stompy, Grixis Delver, Reanimator, Grixis Delver. Is there a really good deck in the format yet? Yeah, Abzan Maverick. Oh, totally. The one <laughs> the one in 12th place? Three Vindicates main deck. Listen, one day, one day, this deck will have its 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 uh its time in the limelight. Hey, playing four bobs in Legacy seems sweet. It does. <laughs> I will agree. I also think that the hero hero of blade hold is cool. Yeah, card does damage. Oh yeah, that card is scary. Card kills people. <laughs> kills people dead. <laughs> I don't know why it's not played more in modern. Isn't it sweet though? You're playing four dark confidants. And look at all these three and four drops. Yeah. Hero Dudes Blade don't Hold, care. Palace Jailer, Liliana's, Palace of hey, Lingering Souls, read, Vindicates, read Sword the of flavor Fire. text. Batter Skull? Yes, read just draw my flavor text. Drop his Batter Skull right quick. Dude, I was telling you, like, you're desperate for card advantage in Legacy. Like, draws cards? <laughs> get in <him> my, <laughs> <him> my deck! <laughs> Y'all got any more of them cards? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. You'll do what you can get that card advantage. You know, you might you might get nugged for five off that batter skull, but that that big boy is gonna gain you four life every turn after that. Just good clean you living. Hope. Yeah, you hope <laughs> you just you just lead on the stone forge so you get the batter skull in your hand, and then, and then you follow <laughs> with the with the bob. That's probably that's probably the strategy. You're probably just like your first stone forge is batter skull. Is- get that shit out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the true greatness at any cost deck still was was um still and will always be the modern Mardu Nahiri deck. Oh god, yeah. Playing the four the bobs em- and the Emrakul. <laughs> oh yes. Actually, no, I've I I can I can do you better than that. Well, maybe not better, but uh when I was playing Legacy uh against Turbo Devs back when they were playing Not of This World, and my opponent flipped Not of This World two turns in a row to his Bob. Solid. Mm. A plus. Real good. Delicious. I was like, huh. Guess you're dead. <laughs> oh look, you're dead. You died. I won. He drew lands, I think, off his draw step both of those turns too. Feels good, man. Feels good. Feels real good. Yeah. God, not of this roll is some spicy, spicy stuff though. That card's real good with Mirror. Attack with this Mirror Lodge. Oh, Swords of Plushers. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Get out of here. Free counter spell. It just like, zero mana turn aside. Yeah. Get out of here. Miss me with that weak shit. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly before we uh, start wrapping up uh, the show, uh, there was a brawl challenge again. Uh, anyone got a guess uh, which brawlmander was uh, the most represented? It was. 
What? New Brawl, now with only 78% Brawl. What? Is that any less Brawl than we had before? I think we were in the 80s last time. <laughs> oh, man. I think we were... I think we, we've, we've passed peak Brawl. People have gotten bored already and are venturing out to less good decks. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I think that's all I have to say about that one. Yeah, moving on. It's just a humorous anecdote of a format. Uh, uh... Before before we 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 do wrap up, we kind of skipped over a little something there. All right. Oh, the standard classic, sir. Oh, huh. It's all right. It was. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like brawl is. That's not fair at all. Brawl is definitely less interesting than standard. Please tell us about the standard classic. I mean, I mean, there's not that much. It's a, it's actually not that interesting. It's a it's a bunch of aggro decks. Wow. Um. <laughs> so in order, first eighth. Uh. White black aggro, red black aggro, red black aggro, blue white historic, mono green stompy, mono green stompy, blue white historic. I really need to just come up with names for these decks. Well, the black white deck was everywhere in the in the team event, and yeah. man, Toolcraft Exemplar has been getting some mileage over its time oh, yeah. standard. Oh yeah, this card, everyone's like, Toolcraft Exemplar, it's gone. Not enough artifacts anymore, man. The card's just not good. It's not. It's not what it used to be. It's just. It's just not good anymore. And then rotation happens, and it's back. It's just. I mean, who cares about these scrap heap scroungers, which also keep popping back? It says it right on the card. But man, toolcraft exemplar just keeps coming back every time. One thing I would like to point out: the first three decks, or four decks, I suppose, in uh, order: six hundred and four dollars, three hundred and ninety-eight. 495, 601, and then we get to Mono Green Stompy. 188. You know what's actually more interesting to me about all these decks? Budget Boys. Is uh, almost all these decks cost more online than on paper. Yeah. Which is that really is, weird. That is really interesting. That is unusual. That is very unusual. What does that mean? It means something's, something's weird of card availability online. So it looks like, so it looks like a playset of uh, so the playset of or so three Ronus cost forty two in paper seventeen. Ah, Heart of Kirin. Holy mother is absurdly priced online for some reason. That that is your reason. That is a ah yes. I see the problem now. So four Heart of Kirin online will run you ninety six ninety two. I think whereas that's... four in paper will cost. 1360 is that a is that a glitch no that's actually i think why all of these decks are priced incorrectly or not incorrectly but differently than normal i think they're all hard of kieran decks that have this this price disparity let's see here's yeah the first place is cheaper online those four are the kieran yeah this deck just has a lot more pricey cards in general so i think it's like uh the four the four cards probably pulled the other way yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that'll do it so yeah, you know this. Uh, the classic's really aggressive, um, probably because the aggressive decks didn't do well on day one. I would assume didn't do as good as all the mid rangey decks. There's a lot of white black aggro in the top parts of the team event, though. Or then, then the white black aggro is just the the superior aggro deck, the mirror breaker aggro deck. It won the classic, and. There's not very many copies of it in this top, which is really interesting because it's everywhere in the uh, in the team event. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the team event, there's everyone's playing History of uh, Benalia, is that how you say? The saga that makes knights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cards everywhere. Yeah, card this card is, really is MVP. So they're at, uh, they're just about $25 a piece at this point. That and Lyra Dawnbringer are uh, definitely the standout white cards in the set in terms of uh, powerful mythics. Yeah. Yeah, Lyra Dawnbringer is basically just the Baneslayer Angel. You know, it's really interesting that we're in a, at a point now where Baneslayer Angel is so good considering we had all these like ravenous Chupacabra type cards. These, uh, m- you know, these Man of Wars. Uh, yeah. Not Man of Wars, but these uh, uh, Mold Drifter type cards, you know, card mm-hmm. with a, a spell stapled onto it have been so good. And, you know, it was like every card had like multiple cards with a value tacked onto it. And it was like, you couldn't play like, um, like, what was it, Gisela? Like, the card was really strong, but not very many people were playing it because it was just like, you couldn't get enough value out of it, right? Like, it was just a, a really sweet creature. But yeah. like, it, it didn't have a spell tag to it, so it like, wasn't quite good enough a lot of the time. Like, you'd play like, Avison had some fucking spells tagged to it, so that card yeah. was way better. Uh, and now here we, we're back here with Lyra Dawnbringer, and it's like, apparently it's really good, it's everywhere. And this has no spell effects tacked onto it, it's just a Baneslayer. But I mean, Blaine, Baneslayer was really good, right? It was. Like, it was really good, but I feel like we haven't been in that place for a long time. Yeah. Like, we're in the era of, um, of Glorybringers now, right? Yeah. I still remember the first time I saw Baneslayer Angel in uh, Legacy, and <laughs> it was, like, impossible to, to remove. Maybe maybe that's just, like, a big, uh, a big reason why Dawnbringer's probably just better than any deck playing Glorybringer, because Glorybringer just can't remove it. Yeah, like okay, so you're gonna so you're gonna exert it, target Dawnbringer, but Dawnbringer's still gonna like block your dude, and we're gonna trade, and I'm gonna be up five no, life. I'm not even gonna trade exchange. because it has first strike. Oh right, so you can shoot it for strike. four, and it just kills your Glorybringer anyway. <clears throat> yeah, so okay. maybe that's maybe that's why it's pulling ahead because it just can't be killed Scared. by the by the other flying fatty with a spell. Scarab God's nowhere to be seen either, and that card had like a stranglehold grip on standard for a while. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see some sort of. Uh, I don't think that 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 card is going to disappear. I just think that the other cards look more exciting right now. Um, I think we will we will see a, a like an Esper or like a four color or maybe even a five color like deck revolving around that idea. Another thing I... is, uh, what happened to God Pharaoh's gift? God exiled. Leave it. Leave, leave it in the shadow realm. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, what would you rather tap out on turn five for? Scarab God or Teferi? Uh, but see, that's like that's situational, right? Because if I have, is it? I think so. On turn five. On turn five. Teferi's really good. So Teferi, so Teferi comes down, draw a card at the beginning of your next end step. Uh, at the beginning of the next, yeah, of the next end step, untap two lands is a plus one. Starts on four, minus three, target non-land permanent, put target non-land permanent into its owner's library, it third from the top. Tuck something. It's like really good removal and card advantage that protects itself. Card's really good. Maybe we should play... Teferi and Amulet. <laughs> or let's play Karn and Amulet. Teferi-lit? 
Oh, Teferi, Teferi ramps. Oh, that's true. It does, huh? Wow. Untap these two bounce lands. Mmm. What do you think? Do the instant speed of that. Like, oh, Vorskirst and Slayer Stronghold. You say? Why don't you just go ahead and uh, go ahead and untap there real quick? Interesting. Wow. And it draws uh, a card. And it draws yeah. a card. So much better than Jace. Actually, I think we'll be seeing more of this card in modern before we see Jace in large numbers. You think so? But it's a planeswalker that immediately like removes permanent, so it deals with troublesome like Anything. artifacts and enchantments. Yeah, and Don't still those dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets rid of like their dudes, but it lets you like leave like counterspell mana up the turn you play it, which is huge. Yeah, huge. It's like, like almost like uh uh. Gideon Jura levels of not giving a fuck. Seems like it would. It might be good in Esper Dragons. Because oh. our deck needs more five drops. All right, moving away from this, uh, from from this from this hole of despair that you two are about to jump into. Um, let's move on to our thought of the week. Thought of the week, but first, first you guys gotta help me pick a deck for FNM before I know my slot of the week. A deck for FNM. Yeah, man. Let's take a look at these piles. What deck should I play? The question is, which deck contains the card Abbot of Carol Keep? None. None of them. Wait, what? Really? No way. None of them. No Abbots here. Look, my. That's depressing. No Abbots. I didn't make these lists. The these flames. Are, these aren't my lists. So Stoke, Stoke the flames. The flames. That's one. Four That's of it. them. That's four. it. Four of them. Four copies. Stoke the flames. That's the you winner. Can, different you can... stokes for different <laughs> folks. You can convoke a stoke the flames with the snapcaster that you flashed it back with. Oh my god! <laughs> ah, can does that work? Yes, it does. Does you flash? Can... can you? Can you? Yes, you can. Yes, it's, it it lets you it lets you use convoke to help pay for flashbacked mana costs. Interesting. So you can snap your major, stoke the flames, and then tap that snappy boy down. Three inspiring vantage. Do you even own that card? Yeah, man, I got all these cards. So okay, stoke so, the flames. So in so, so I do want to. This is a this is a Jess guy pyromancer deck for the listeners at home. Creature so, okay. base being four snapcasters. Four young pyromancers and four mantis riders. I kind of want to make you play uh, Mardu just so you can take all the cards out of your EDH deck. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. Uh, okay, so so I and have between one... rounds. I'll ask if we can play EDH. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have one request. If you play this pyromancer deck, which one? You... The Jeskai one or the yeah, Mardu the Je one? The Jeskai one. Uh-huh. You sub out. Nope. Can't do it. Why? Which card? They're all very important, I assure you. Uh so either one rider or one pyromancer, or maybe even one of both for uh the the mentor. No. Why? Monastery mentor? Yeah. Can't do it. Why not? Makes Can't tokens. Do Can't do it. It makes tokens. And you can I, use them to stoke the flames. I simply can't do it. Why? Because they're all getting sucked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> ah. But it's also done. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Leave. Let's take a minute to, to, to take a look at the blue-white flash deck that John has here as well. Fine. Three oust? Yeah. 
Got three oust. Put our creature. My, my homie Ben Friedman posted this today. Mm. Three ousts. I'm not as excited about this. How can you truly be blue white flash if your deck does not contain a Teferi? I have a Teferi. Kind of Jace the Mind Sculptor for a Teferi. Get that shit out of here. That weak ass shit. Accurate. Because as it stands, your Blade Splasher doesn't have flash, but it can. It could. (laughs) Turn turn seven. They will see. They will (laughs) see the power. Flash in this Blade Splicer. No, you don't. (laughs) Block your guy with my two blade slicer tokens I put in mid combat. Ah! (laughs) But yeah, yes, the three options are Jeskai Pyromancer, Mardu Pyromancer, or Blue White Flash. Uh, I vote Jeskai. Jeskai? Jeskai, huh? Because it's the sweetest? Yeah. No, because it's Stoked Flames. That's it. Just to stoke the flames. Four stokes. Yeah. So you can attack with Mantis Fighter and then post-combat convoke with it. Bet. Bet. Or or during their turn. So you can block and then convoke. Bet. You can... So if you have a Pyromancer in play, any one mana spell you have basically turns into free mana, four stoke the flames. Yeah. Yeah. So so you you can theoretically go something like um so young pyromancer on the board four mana up you go like snapcaster bolt no you go bolt snap bolt that's uh three creatures no No. snapcaster doesn't trigger pyromancer fan (laughs) no but it is a creature itself oh yeah yeah (laughs) okay i see (laughs) yeah 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 uh so that doesn't work so so you could go like like bolt path you can serum visions on your turn, and you can like spell pierce something. Yeah, and no, then you, you can, can bolt snap bolt. Then... If you have, so if you, if you bolt snap bolt with a pyromancer in play, the pyromancer is another creature, so you have. Oh, creatures, it is. So, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just ten them out of nowhere. Oh my gosh! Ain't oh no my thing. gosh! Okay. And have a trump blocker. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! It's instant speed. It's instant speed. Yeah, I vote just guy. So I was going to tell you to play Mardu because it uh, you take your cards out of your yesh deck, but then I saw it has Blood Moons in it, so that's not an option. <laughs> Main deck too, right? Mm. Yeah, I don't know if I want to be like Blood Moon guy. We already have so many Blood Moons at Great Escape. Like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like people should have wisened up by now, but idiots keep bringing decks like Amulets, so I don't know. Hey. Chris, what deck I you cashed. <laughs> What deck do you, are you going to pick for good old Johnny boy here? Um, just to be different, play blue-white. Blue-white. Oh, man. But it has it, to have a Teferi in it. It has to have a Teferi. Yeah. You're like at Kevin levels of like... Three Jaces? Is, it, no, Jace is a terrible card. Get him out of here. Man, Teferi, huh? Minus one Jace, plus one Teferi. Triple blue. It's a big deal. You're a two-color deck. I do right. really want to play. You're my playing Cryptic Command, John. How are we? About? How are we? How are we going to solve this? This split split decision here. Split decision. I don't know. We could roll a dice. Watch, oh, only I'll games roll, of I'll magic roll. can be oh. allowed to determine the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you two can play for it then. You can play the Amulet Mirror. The oh, escape. <laughs> so annoying. Ah, ah, so you can play, either way, you're playing Remands. 
on your uh, weekly bingo sheet for uh, FNM, it'll be Ramanda Hollow one to the cast for zero mana. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that sounds not fun. <laughs> it's not what I want to do with my life. Moving on. But it's on the bingo our... sheet, so you gotta do it. It's on the bingo sheet. Are we rolling out the bingo sheet again? I like it. I like it. <laughs> we'll make bingo sheets for each other. How about that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, mine will be loses to turn one burning inquiry and gets really salty about it that's gonna be in the, that's that's in the center that's, that's, that's my the free space, space. Yeah. yeah that's the free space uh <laughs> moving on to slot of the week where we tell you what card you are totally stoked to play in your 75 for this week uh john what's your what's your slot of the week man my slot of the week is remand because uh i got my signed copies back a while ago and i've been itching to play them Nice. Uh, don't need none of them damn dirty logic knots that I've been, to, been having to play lately. I want some good old fashioned remand, like it's you know 2014 again and twins still legal. Do you, <laughs> do you base your base your uh, decks that you play off of what cards you received in the mail? No. Yes. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what about you? Um, I am going to be playing a card that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I really enjoy this card. And one of my favorite, all-time favorite snakes. Uh, Lotus Cobra. That's my slot of the week. Um, as John has said, everyone's playing these dirty Blood Moon decks. And so, you know what helps you uh, make colors of man you care about? Lotus Cobra. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> is, is that a four-colored deck? Shh. <laughs> uh, Marty Pyromancer it is. Mm. <laughs> uh, what about you, Stephen? What's your slot of the week? So my slot of the week, uh, I couldn't really figure out a good one, so I'm just going to go ahead and say New Karn, because I feel like I'm just going to jam it into whatever deck I'm playing, whether it's standard or modern. I'm just going to... And everyone else. Yeah, like, I, I might as well just hop on this bandwagon. I have one, so... Might as well. I'm even going to put it in the amulet, see what happens. Yeah, you tell me how that goes. Yeah, well, it's probably not going to be great, I don't think. But hey, I can make... I can make... If I have a bunch of clues in play, I can minus... It'll be like what? a 10-10. It's cold in here, Chris. It's, it's really cold in here. Is it... Is it December? It's feeling like magical Christmas land right now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where's John going with this? Like, oh. I was waiting for it. <laughs> All right, and that about wraps us up for this week. Thank you for checking us out and sticking around to the very end. If you're wondering where you can find more content, you can head over to mtgconflicts.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under the same name, MTG Conflicts. And if you have any suggestions or comments that you'd like us to read, please feel free to shoot us a message on one of those platforms. Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around, and we hope you'll join us in the next one. Later. <laughs> <laughs>